You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Recorded live. Good evening, praise Lord. Praise the Lord, how are you, man? Good yourself. All right. Uh, were you able to get a hold of that electrician? He didn't call back. No, I called, left a message. So, so, uh, uh, so, uh, how's your day today? Pretty good. A little bit cooler than yesterday, so it wasn't quite as miserable. Yes. Yeah, one. One moment. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Now, God bless you, uh, Eliza. God bless you, Elder Shank. I uh, thank God in for you all coming on the call tonight. I'm waiting for a few others, and we pray that your day has been uh, a blessed day, fruitful day. And let me hang up the other phone. <laughs> Amen. Um, thank God. Amen. Uh, tonight I have a, um, we're going to have a uh, speaker tonight, and uh, we thank the Lord, amen, for everyone that's going to be logging in, calling in. Um, God bless you, uh, uh, Rosalind Callender, is that you? Yes, sir, it's me. <laughs> God bless you, amen. We welcome you to uh the Apostles Roundtable uh, tonight. Uh, uh, 
as you all know, um, if, if you heard me say this, I think this is the uh, into the third year of um, this. I had a dream uh, a few years ago. The Lord said to start a teleconference call concerning leadership, and uh, we've been uh, uh, doing that and uh, a variety of uh, discussions have been going on, a variety of people that have come on the call. And uh, the format, uh, of course, is uh, to be led by the Spirit of the Lord. But I just want to say that um, uh, usually there will be a discussion, somebody instructing, somebody teaching, and there will be an opportunity for... uh, questions and answers, no response, and uh, it is our intent that uh, we are sharpened, iron sharpens iron, and uh, that God is glorified, and, you know, that we help, um, uh, you know, as I said, edify the body, that uh, we help and encourage uh, somebody in the call. So we welcome uh, Pastor Deborah Gray on the call, and then God bless you. Praise the Lord. God bless me. Praise the Lord, Apostle. God bless you. Uh, we, we thank the Lord even for you, Eliza, even being on the call also. I was ashamed being on the call and uh, myself thus far and um, tonight um, uh, in uh, New York City. Uh, we thank God even for um, uh, Rosalind Callender uh, coming uh, on the call tonight and she's going to be our uh, facilitator. She's going to uh, share with us what uh, the Lord has uh, given to her but we want to first uh, offer prayer and thanksgiving unto the Lord, and let us be mindful saints that in uh, France uh, this evening, I don't know what time it is there, uh, there's been another um, terrorist attack, mm. and uh, 60 or 70 people have died, and 100 uh, so far we saw on the news, 100 have been wounded, a... a um, uh, truck uh, weaved through and, and to a crowd, and I guess blew blew up. So there's a great death toll there, a terrorist attack. And I know everybody is uh, um, surely aware that uh, this is the end times. And as I as I uh, as I attempt to articulate, I believe we're in what's called Matthew 24, the beginning of sorrows. Yeah. But uh, so I'm going to ask Elder Shank, would you um, please give thanks to the Lord and offer prayer, please? Mr. Lord, just we thank you, we praise you, we bless your holy name. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to gather before your throne and discuss things of the kingdom. Lord, we just ask you to give peace to those that were injured or had friends killed or family members killed. Lord, we ask you to bless them. Heal them, give them peace, give them peace that only you can give. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So uh, without, uh, as they say, uh, without any further ado, uh, I just uh, present to you and uh, we welcome um, uh, Rosin Collender uh, to the uh, uh, the roundtable and she's going to share tonight. So uh, let us be prayerful and uh, as she uh, articulates, as she shares, you know, get your questions, your responses, uh, or whatever, or your remarks, uh, comments, uh, ready, because, you know, there will be a time for us uh, to articulate. But this is to build up the body of Christ. So 
Uh, Sister Colin, amen. God bless you. Thank you, Apostle Griffin. God bless you, everyone else on the line. Um, There are a few things, and pardon me if it's not extremely organized. I'm going to go with what God gave me and pray that we're blessed and also that we have some good discourse. Um, And there are so many things going on in the world right now. I don't believe that there's ever been a time that it's been more critical for us to function as the body of Christ, know who we are in the body of Christ, and take all of that knowledge and translate it into something that will change the lives of those in this world who need to know who our God is. Um, It's a critical time because there are so many relationships in the body of Christ that are not aligned. Um, members to members, pastors to members, members to pastors, pastors to other pastors, millions of titles, missing character, missing anointing sometimes, missing direction, missing discernment, and God doesn't desire for us to be any of those things. Um, One of my private prayers, I believe, since I've known to pray it, um, was that I would be like the sons of Issachar who had understanding of the times and who knew what to do. And if you follow their history, you'll know that they had a place in the cabinet of every king because they were always relevant. And it's something that we need to seek the Lord to be in our times, that we're never outdated, that he always has use for us because we're vital to the work that he desires to do. Um, Turn with me, well, if you can, to 1 Samuel chapter 1, verses 9 through 11. I'm going to read it in the King James Version. So Hannah rose up after they had eaten in Shiloh and after they had drunk. Now Eli the priest sat upon his feet by a post of the temple of the Lord. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid and remember me and not forget thine handmaid, but will give unto thine handmaid a man-child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. Tonight we're going to talk about a few things, I believe. Uh, Spiritual authority, covering, those two are the primary, and we're going to start here. Uh, This particular scripture, we're familiar with the story of Hannah. I wanted to highlight that we, in the same way as Samuel, many of us are here as a manifestation of someone's prayer and a promise to God on behalf of the thing that they desire to see manifested. Whether it's in your physical family, in your spiritual family, or your presence in EMFI, we are here as a result of someone's prayer and a vow or a promise that they made to God concerning something that they desired. Um, A barren womb is never satisfied. When ministry is birthed, It's always the glory of the king to have people in the court. It's the glory of any leader to have members. It's the glory even of Apostle Griffin to have us here 
not as members as much as it is to have us as fivefold ministry gifts and functioning and operating in the way that God has called us to operate. In this particular story, the Lord did answer Hannah's prayer, and she did what she knew to do, which was commit the thing that she had asked God for to the man that God had prepared in the prepared place. So we have been given. We as the manifested prayer and promise and promise of someone's petition, we've been given in this ministry to a man of God. I want to make some correlations, and I also want to point some things out. When you look at Eli in the beginning, you notice that Eli observes Hannah in her prayer, and he wasn't discerning what was going on with her initially. And there are times when we've been committed to leaders who did not discern what was happening with us, what was about to happen for us, what God had already deposited in us. Nevertheless, God assigns us in the manner that he sees fit because he knows the destiny that he has for us. He knows the plan that he has for us. And no matter which roadway we've passed through, there's nothing that we've gone through that's going to hinder the work that God has placed in us. And he will see us to the completion of what he's committed to us. Amen? Amen. Is anybody out there? All right. All right. The scripture says that Eli fought, and sometimes we do the same thing that Eli did in this particular passage. We'll look at a situation and we'll have a thought about it. Hannah prayed about her situation. Eli thought about what he beheld. So there are times when we're thinking about situations that we need to pray about because our vision is not going to show us what God is doing, but prayer will. We can't rely on our intellect and we can't rely on the things that we see because sometimes what we see doesn't look like what we think should be manifested. But because our times and seasons are in the hands of God, we have to rely on discernment. We have to rely on prayer. We have to rely on the word of God so that we don't become discouraged, so that we don't give up. Hannah was persistent. She didn't even get offended by the fact that Eli thought that she was drunk because she had a goal in mind. There was a mission in mind that required her to stay focused on her task and not be deterred, not even by insults, not even by misinterpretation of her purpose or misinterpretation of her motive. She was consistent. She expected something from God. She stayed with her expectation until that thing came to pass. Hannah committed that which she asked the Lord for, according to her promise, back to God. Sometimes when we get to the place that the Lord has told us we're going to arrive in, whether it's in our ministries, again, whether it's in life, we forget to give back to God the thing that he's given to us, which also gives to him authority over the thing that he gave us so that he can direct it the way that he desires to. So even if that means we end up in the house of Eli, it's the place that God destined for us. Sometimes we're hindered in ministry because we're stuck on what God allowed to happen to us, what we had to go through to get where we are. But everything that happens to us is according to God's plan. Everything, everything, 
And it's hard to accept that sometimes. It challenges our faith because we don't want to believe that the bad things are the things that God allows. But nothing happens without his permission. We have to continue. We have to be faithful. We have to allow God to pull the past off of us so that we can go forward and move forward in him. So Samuel is brought into the tabernacle. He's brought into and under Eli's tutelage. Eli was a priest. He knew order. He knew the things of God. He knew what to do in the presence of God. He served before God. However, when it was time, there was to be a transfer of authority over his life and someone else's voice that he needed to listen to. Samuel didn't recognize God's voice. He had never heard it. Some of us are in that position even now when we are assigned to a different type of leadership. We're challenged because it's something that we've never heard before. So we continue to respond to the thing that we're familiar with. We're very much creatures of habit. And that's why the Holy Ghost has to help us through the fruit of the Spirit, to to break certain habits. He has to help us through the renewing of our minds, the Word of God, to change those old habits so that we're able to receive the new things of God. He didn't know God's voice. He was used to Eli. He was used to the father that he knew. And his father had to exercise the wisdom to say, That's God speaking to you and give him instruction on how to respond to the voice of God. We do need instruction periodically at various points in our lives as we're growing and developing in God and even in our gifting. God doesn't always deal with us the same way. And if we're not sensitive, and then sometimes if we don't have someone to guide us who's been through a course that we are approaching, we'll miss the understanding, the comprehension. I specifically remember a time in my life where um, the Lord was dealing with me prophetically, I mean, a lot in dreams and in visions, and there were things I understood and there were things that I did not understand. And the Lord directed me to contact a sister who a few years prior was not a friend of mine. He had a major fallout over something minor. And the relationship was severed, and the Lord made me mend the relationship. These are things that happen in the body of Christ, too. And what I've come to understand is that people that we don't get along with generally are connected to our destiny. And so the enemy sows discord so that we can't connect, so that we don't get the part that we're missing. God allowed me to mend the relationship previously so that at that point in my life, when I needed someone to mentor me, that relationship was attacked, and she was able to respond to that call and give me the, the direction that I needed. At one point in the relationship, though, there were things that she told me that opposed the things that the Holy Spirit was telling me. This is something that also happens to us in the body of Christ, and a lot of us have been indoctrinated to believe that um, pastors and leaders are always speaking what God is saying. But you do have the spirit of God living in you. And when you have a relationship with God, first of all, he's never going to speak to you outside of the confines of his word. But it is important to know when God is speaking to you and if the word is coming from someone else that's not the word of God, then you have to be sensitive enough to know 
that you need to respond to what the Lord is saying. So when it comes to uh, sometimes mentoring relationships, sometimes even in relationships with other leaders, you have to know when to make the distinction between what God is saying and what someone else is saying to you and always go with God. Sometimes there are repercussions in our organized religion for not following an instruction that comes from the man or woman of God and do what God tells us to do as individuals. Amen? Amen. Does anybody have comments? Anybody have questions? So so I have a question. You made, you made a comment about um, uh, you generally find, I'm paraphrasing, you generally find out that people that uh, are part of your destiny that you don't get along with or something or? There are there are people who are significant to your destiny that the enemy will cause friction between you so that you don't get what they have to offer. Um, I do I have a, another friend who's a prophetess. And initially when we met, we were both so strong willed, we we're both opinionated, we both knew the word of God and we used to butt heads all the time. And I almost didn't establish a relationship with her because it just seemed adversarial. But over time, I realized it wasn't that. We had a different way of expressing things that we received from God. We have different views about life and different approaches to how we handle situations. So when we came to a place where we respected one another as who we were, then we established a wonderful relationship. We're still friends. She's my sister. She's in Florida. I could call her 3 o'clock in the morning. And she would be there. If I needed prayer, I know that's somebody that would pray for me and vice versa. But the enemy really tried to prevent us from being connected. And it's a matter of maturity, you know, being able to overcome those obstacles because often we're just so willing to give up on relationships and give up on people. If they don't see things the way we see them, if they don't communicate them the way that we do, if they don't think about things in the same way that we do, we don't value differences. We tend to value people and things that are similar to us, but the kingdom isn't made up of all the same parts. The body isn't made up of the same parts. We need variation. We need differences in administration. That's the way God made us. That's the way the kingdom is ordered, and that's how we'll prosper together. All right. Okay. Okay. Anybody else? I just have to say amen to what you said, sister. You 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 you're definitely right on target and and you know, the the crux of it all, the maturity. You know, it 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 really denotes how mature we are in Christ to be able to embrace relationships where there are diverse there is diversity and say, Okay, um, you know, we're we're still all in the body of Christ. We 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 living for the Lord. We love the Lord. But if we do see things differently, that has absolutely nothing to do <laughs> with our our friendship or or our connection in the body and what God may want to do through us being together. You know, as a unit. So, Amen. Amen. Very true. And God does want us to mature. <laughs> He does want us to mature. I'm sorry. Was someone about to speak? 
No? All right. I want to look for a moment at the relationship between Jesus and his disciples in terms of a question that he posed to them. Uh, Let's look at Matthew 16. We're looking at verses 12 through 19. I'm not going to read that in its entirety. I know I can't see anybody's face, but I'm so interactive. I wish y'all would talk to me. I don't. I can't tell if anybody's out there. <laughs> okay, what are, what are you saying? Um, we're going to Matthew 16 verses 12 through 19. I would just like to hear more voices. I feel like I'm talking to myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just. I'm just. I'm just following. I'm just following your your train of thought to see what points you're trying to uh, share with us. Okay. All right. It's just, Rosalyn, I keep my phone on mute just so that you can say, "Uh uh-huh, that's right, uh uh-huh, because that's okay. So I don't feel like I'm out here floating (laughs) by myself. I need to hear you. (laughs) Believe me, you are right on time. You are right on time. You know, we 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 want to be able to hear you, and I I don't want to you know break it up because when you hear all of the different sounds, it may break up what you may be trying to say. So, just just breathe. Let me know there's life on the line. Let me know there's life. Okay, I'm (laughs) unmuted. Okay. Okay. So, uh, (laughs) Colander, you got you got a few folks on the. You got quite a few folks on the line, so um, they're, they're uh, listening. You know, we're listening. Okay. So we want to hear what you have to say now. Here we are, Matthew 16, um, 12 through, I'm going to read 12 through 19. 12 through 19. I'm going to read it. Then understood they that he bade them not Beware of the leaven. Mm, that's not where I want to start. I'm sorry. Verse 13. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. I was looking at this passage and just thinking about Jesus asking, who do men say that I am? Recognizing that Jesus really wasn't concerned about what other people thought about him. This was a train of thought that he was beginning. It was a conversation that he was starting, but he had another goal in mind. And they began to rattle off what other people said about him. Ultimately, Jesus was concerned about 
what the people whom he had poured his life into, who he was training, who he was discipling, who he was mentoring, who did they see him as? After we've spent some time under the ministry, in the ministry, with the ministry, and the ministry gives us at the helm, there ought to be an understanding of who this individual is. And within our context, I'm talking about Apostle Griffin. He should be able to ask any one of us who he is. And we should have an answer, not because he doesn't know who he is, but because it's really important that as a leader you have a community of individuals that have a conviction concerning your ministry and your mission. People who don't know who you are, people who refuse to recognize who you are will never be successful in helping you complete or accomplish what God has committed to you. I want you to notice that when he asked the question, Peter was the one that the Holy Spirit gave the answer to. And what happened as a result of his understanding, his spirit-given understanding, because there are some things that we cannot understand in the flesh. When I met Apostle Griffin, He was Bishop Griffin. You're at a conference. I was a speaker. I was Elder Vaz. It was the afternoon. It seems like something insignificant. And yet here we are six years later. Bishop Griffin is Apostle Griffin. I've got a few other titles to add to Elder. (laughs) But God allows that. Share that with me. Huh? <laughs> well, in the in the church that I serve, I'm one of the pastors. I am a prophetess. God calls me specifically seer because that is one of the strengths of my prophetic ministry, uh, wisdom, counsel, some other things. But basically, those are the areas of operation for me. But some of that wasn't going on that much when I met former Bishop Griffin, and then his whole situation changed as well, moved out of an organization where he was pastoring a church to launching out on his own, to recognizing the apostolic call on his life, to launching EMFI, to being a covering to all of us who are here, depositing in us individually, depositing in our ministries, and for some, depositing in your members. All of these things took place. In this passage of Scripture, Peter had to come to a revelation. He had to get a revelation of who Jesus was. And the ultimate benefit for him was that once he recognized who Jesus was, Jesus gave him insight into who he was. From this passage of Scripture, I learned actually some years ago when I was physically pastoring that there's a danger in telling people who they are when they don't recognize and acknowledge who you are. There's something in the human nature that always wants to think is greater or better. We want to think we're better than the people who teach us. We want to think we know more, we're more successful, we are above them in some echelon, in some way of life, because it's, it's human nature and it's ugly, but it's very common for us. You know, as a, as a pastor, I had an evangelist under me who was assigned to me as my armor bearer. And whenever I spent time with her, when she left, I literally felt like I had been in warfare. 
because her spirit was always trying to take things from me that I was not giving to her. She wanted to take everything that I had. And on one occasion said to me, you know, if I had all of the gifts that you have, I would be proud. And I was like, why? You know, there isn't anything that I have that I gave to myself. All of the gifts that are here, they belong to God. He could take them back. What is there to be arrogant about? That's always been my mindset. But there are people who desire to take what you're not offering. And sometimes that happens because you've given them, you've, you've told them who they are. And now who they are is exalted above who you are. So instead of having the mind of a servant, they have the mind of an abusive leader. And they want to take and take advantage of and take from you rather than be of service to you. So it's something really important to remember. When people don't know who you are, reserve all of that pouring that gives them their identity. Don't give all of that. It's okay to, to, you know, speak to who they are to a degree, but don't build them up to the extent that they. Hello? 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 I think we lost her. I think we did. I was, I was going to ask her a question. Um, Colander, are you there? Is everybody else there? I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I was going to, uh, Colin, are you there? I was going to say uh, to her, yeah, she's off. I think we lost her. I was going to say to her that uh, a lot of times when we don't know who a person is we'll, or what their purpose is, we'll abuse them or misuse them. Um, and I hope she gets back um so any, any questions uh, thus far? Yeah, yeah, I just he, have a comment as well. It, it was a really good train of um, thought that she was going down regarding people in your comment about people will abuse if they don't um, really know who a person is or, or, or what the role of a person is in their life. But my, my comment was um, you, you receive from a person only what you perceive them to be, right? So Yes, yes. Um, yes. So you can limit what you get deposited based on your limitation of how you see the person. So um, that's just my, that's all. That's very That's very powerful. Very powerful. But while she's uh, away, I guess you'll try to come back. Can we, can we just discuss what uh, Professor Patricia just said here? Uh, Eliza, are you here? Are you on? Are you muted? I'm on. Uh, Pastor Deborah, are you there? Yes, sir. I'm here, Apostle. So can we just even discuss what uh, Professor Christian said? Elshank, I know you are. Can we, did yeah. you understand what she just said? Yeah, I. You know, I, I was even as um, uh, Prophet Rosson was was speaking, and I heard the comment. Um, I didn't get the same take on it. Um, to me, it's a love thing. Um, it has nothing to do with someone recognizing who you are. It's how much you care. Um, I, I see. I, I, I see leadership as being greater servitude. I see pastoring, being an apostle, um, any any 
uh, what we would consider an office in terms of the body of Christ. I, I see those those roles as servant roles. You you mature to a level so that you can serve, and when you serve, it shows love. And when you love, people will respond to that love. And some people uh, cannot respond to love right away because they have so many broken places on the inside of them. It takes more for them to ever get to a place of being able to reciprocate what's being given to them. Um, oh, and when she says someone was assigned to be her armor bearer, I, I don't know, personally, I, I have to choose my armor bearer because it's got to be someone that I know the Lord um, would have to be that person for me. And then, well, that's another thing. I'm I'm not into armor bearers either, but that's another thing. But um, I I just I don't I don't see it in that in that same light. I just see it as being a love issue. All right, um, 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 Prophet Collins is coming back on. If I if I may okay, just interject. yes, I'm here. I don't know what back. happened. If I if I may just interject this for a moment, right where she was, I think in Matthew chapter 16. I think a comment that you made was. Um, it was necessary for the uh, 12, uh, for Jesus to ask them that question, uh, whom do, he really wanted to know who they, he really wanted to know who they thought he was. Exactly. And in uh, the Gospel of John, I think chapter 1 or 12 or something, it says, uh, he came into his own and his own received not, but to them that received him, to, right. th- to them that this is what Prophet Patricia uh, kind of said when you were off. To them mm-hmm. that perceived, understood uh, uh, who he was, they became the sons of God. So right. uh, a long time, a long time ago, and I, I'm going to give you back the microphone. A long, okay. a long, a long time ago, back in the '70s, uh, Pastor Bishop uh, Watkins taught a series on uh, the power to become. Mm-hmm. And uh, the topic, you know, the main topic tonight is kingdom alignment. And, you know, when God sends people to us in leadership, it's not like, you know, we're joining the uh, Cub Scouts or Boy Scouts or Girl Scouts. There's a reason for it. And uh, I think you are going down that pattern because when we know, when we know who, when we know, God has placed a person in our life. When we, when we understand what God's reason was, it will activate, it will release, it will um, um, uh, it'll open up your destiny to become who God wants you to be. So I'll give you yes. back the microphone. I'll give you back the microphone. No, that, that's excellent. And actually, in the 19th verse, that kind of connects to what you just added, because once... Peter recognized who Jesus was. Jesus changed his name to Simon and then told him, I give you the keys. So he was then given authority, the power to bind, the power to lose. That power comes with the revelation of identification, you know, being connected, maintaining that relationship, being in the proper order. Simon wasn't greater than Jesus. And Jesus didn't have an issue with who he was. Neither did he need to 
you know, exert himself over others to prove anything. He was absolutely comfortable in his humanity and his divinity. So it didn't cost him anything extra to release what he had to one who understood who he was. And I believe that's one of the blessings of being attached to Apostle Griffin. I think sometimes we may have to work on um, kind of tempering our perception of a man and see people the way that God sees them, see what God sees when he's looking so that we can be seen in the same manner. There are, there are oftentimes we, we want to enjoy benefits that we don't want to extend to others. We can be very critical of individuals in leadership. We can withhold kindnesses that are given to us freely. But if we allow the Lord to open our eyes and show us what we're looking at, because we can look and not see, we need to see, and that seeing is a, a spiritual thing. God wants us to honor not just those who are in positions of authority over us, but we need to honor one another. If we honor one another, then we'll all be esteemed. If we don't make it a matter of hierarchy and just make it a matter of normal conduct, we honor everyone. We respect everyone. Yes. Yeah, Prophetess Rosalind, this is Patricia. So, hi, hello. So, I I just (laughs) think that that's really excellent teaching. Um, And 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 I'll just repeat my statement that I made when you when your um, call dropped. So, just to piggyback off of what you said, um, when you perceive what you you receive from a person based on how you perceive them, right? So even the connection with the apostle, if you can perceive the apostolic anointing, you can receive from that apostolic anointing. If you cannot, your capacity to receive that cannot be imparted because there's a blockage, right? Absolutely. So, so I, I just said that to say that I think this is really good, and just the, and, and and just that that scripture. I love that scripture; it's powerful because even his name was able to be changed. His name meant broken reed before, and then he became a rock. So, right. you know, even his destiny was connected to how he perceived God. Thank you, thank you for your teaching. Good, good stuff. Rock, it is Patricia. That's very powerful. Yes, your your your. What did you just say again? Because I. I can't spit it out right now. So, 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 how you perceive a person? Mm-hmm. How you perceive a person? So, like Jesus, like Apostle said, when he went to his own, they, 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 they that's the purpose of them. So, guess what? They didn't, they couldn't receive those miracles. They were right. open, you know, but how you perceive a person or the anointing on a person's life, if you receive a prophet in the name of a prophet, what? You'll receive you a prophet's reward. Absolutely. So you have to perceive a person where they are spiritually to receive from them. How many times have you been somewhere like, oh, no, I'm, I don't receive that? And guess what? You were left with nothing. Right. <laughs> so, exactly. Okay. Exactly. Thank you. That's it. Absolutely. Can, I, can, I, can I share this too, please? Of course. So a couple of weeks ago or maybe a month or two ago, I, the Lord was dealing with me about perception. So I had to go – when I spoke this at a church – and um, in the old te- in the Old Testament, uh, remember the uh, husband and wife, the Shunammite woman, 
and Elisha, I think, was uh, uh, kept, uh, I think it was, I can't remember which one, Elijah or Elisha, kept uh, coming by. And she says, I perceive, she said to her husband, I perceive that this is a a man of God. Yes. And and what she, what she did, the way she, what her perception did, her perception caused her to act. And they they uh, made a bed chamber, uh, a table, st- stool, a lamp, whatever. So mm-hmm. every time every time he came came by, he could rest there and and so on and so forth. And what it did is it opened up the supernatural for them. Yeah. And and that's that's the power that's the power of spiritual perception. Also, I want to say say this. Um. Uh, um. You 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 made. A, a statement, uh, Prophet uh, Rosalind. Uh, authority and alignment is vertical and horizontal. You know, it's to yeah. your pe- We we have to understand how we treat our peers, how we per- how we perceive our peers, as well as those above us. And exactly. I just leave it. I just leave it alone. Okay. That goes back to what Pastor Deborah was saying about love, right? Right. Love is is the bottom line is love. It's love. It is. Yes. Yes. I mean, it's it's the kingdom rule. And if God has anything against us, it is our failure as a body in that area. I think so many people would be surprised if they ever really ask God, Lord, where am I coming up short? <laughs> so 95% of us would have some love issues. Whether it's the patience or the kindness. I'm sorry, I'm in the city. You might hear the background noise. Sorry. <laughs> but well, you're some bigger than ours, but go ahead. Uh, <laughs> some attribute of love is lacking. And it will impair our vision. When you're talking about the, the Shulamite woman, her perception caused her to make preparation. She perceived him to be a man of God, and she prepared a place for him. She hadn't received anything from him. She perceived something, and she made preparation for something, perhaps based on a future expectation. The scripture taught her, called her a great woman, which just meant that she was a woman of capacity, capacity for many things, capacity for love, for capacity for compassion, capacity, capacity for faith, just capacity. But her preparation, her, her perception caused her to make preparation for something that she had never experienced before. And she didn't even know by her preparation what she was inviting into her home. So if we allow God to change our perception, it will cause us to make preparation for something that we've been desiring, maybe not even articulating, because she was beyond the point of of expectation for what she desired. She was beyond the years of being a possibility She was insulted even at the conversation about it. She didn't want to be teased because she had gotten to the point where what she hoped for, she no longer thought was possible. And there are things that God will birth through us by our perception 
of the person that he's put in a position to be a blessing to us. There are things that can be birthed that we've buried because we no longer believe that they're possible. You might believe that you're past a certain season in your life, and God will connect you to an Apostle Griffin just to breathe life into those dead things or things you thought were dead, things that were so far under that you didn't think they could be resurrected. So in your perception, you have to make preparation and understand that God has a purpose for the connection. There's a purpose for the alignment. As I recall, I think when I met Bishop Griffin, I saw him as Apostle Griffin. And we talked about that for a long time. Well, several months. Yes, and the thing about it, the thing about it is uh, I never, I didn't receive that. At the, time, at the time, I didn't receive it, although mm-hmm. it, a seed was planted in me, mm-hmm. and it came to fruition. As I, when I, uh, I think I can remember discussions even with Prophet Patricia about it or something to that effect, and nothing happened until I accepted it. Yeah, and you so often talking about so that. I came into agreement, until I came into agreement with it. Mm-hmm. And once he came into agreement with it, the apostolic anointing on his life connected and released so many others into their area of gifting. And, you know, people's destinies are are intertwined. They're yes, absolutely. You know, so once he accepted and agreed and it was released in this, in this earth realm, then people that were attached to him, that were connected to him, that were attracted to him in the spirit were able to come and be released because based on his yes, others were able to be set free as well. (laughs) Absolutely. Jesus is the firstborn among many brethren. Everybody (laughs) has to be born. (laughs) Yes. Mm -mm -mm. I feel the presence of the Lord. Amen. So do I. (laughs) Right now. Right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my 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 glory to God. That that that's that's why sometimes that's why sometimes I'll say something like that I, I, I need I need to get to somebody or that I need somebody to come to me so I, we can lay hands on them. If they've come into an agreement with uh you know the past or Okay, God bless you. Uh, continue, or, or well, it's it's fine. This is a discussion, so it's you know we're we're all pouring into this, and everything that's being said is edifying to someone. So it's all good. Can we can we hear others uh, others comments questions? Please, please, if you have a question, please ask because uh, none of us know everything. That's so right. the, only, the only one that knows everything is the Holy Spirit. Hello, everybody. Anybody there? Yeah. Elijah, you there? Well, I'm I'm going to throw this in before before time elapses, whatever. Prophetess Rosalind, you started out saying, you know, sometimes you're not organized. This was very organized, and I praise God for the time that you gave to to pray about this, to hear from God, to jot down what He gave you. It has been a blessing. It was it was. Meet. 
it was good meat, and I thank you. I thank you for taking the time. You blessed us all with it, so to God be the glory. Well, thank God. <laughs> thank God for that. <laughs> thank God for that. Elder Shanky, Liza, and, and, and no way am I trying to cut anybody off. I'm just trying to get everybody to interact in any way. And even if I call your name, that's that's not pressure to get you to say something. You might not have anything to say. I'm just listening. It's very important. It, it, Eliza, are you there? I'm here. I'm sorry. My phone was stuck on mute. <laughs> um, uh-huh. I don't have any any questions or comments either. I, I was uh, listening, taking it all in. Okay. Um. Okay. Well, um, there was a there was a mention of the topic of covering, and I think I'll close with that. I'm just going to throw this in briefly. Um, I was looking at Genesis 3, verse 20. No, that's not what I want. You mean covering in the book of Genesis? Yes. That's, I wrote the wrong verse. If, 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 if I can just say this, I think in the eighth chapter of Genesis is the first time we see the word covering, and it talks about uh, Noah uh, removing the covering from off the ark. And um, um, it kind of bespeaks of the fact uh, so that God's purpose and plan will continue, float, not sink, amen, arrive to his destination. You know, God placed a covering on the ark. Mm-hmm. And, um, so, a lot, you know, a lot of times people... I know some people here in Cleveland don't believe in what they call spiritual coverings. Right. And because of abuses and so on and so forth, which which there are. But um, I'm just saying that. Uh, continue, please. I'm sorry. Well, no, I mean, I think it's a good point. And what I've, I've come to not appreciate that word in quote-unquote Christendom, the word covering has taken on such the wrong connotation because I I hear people use that word who call someone they're covering, who, you know, may blatantly and willfully live in sin or may blatantly treat others with disrespect or disregard or lack of love and do things in their lives that are contrary to the word of God and don't have any problem with it. And if you had a covering, there would be someone that you had to give an account to concerning those things. But to say, oh, you know, I I need you to cover me. But if I'm covering you and I can't call you out on things that may need adjusting in your life, then I'm not qualified to cover you. And honestly, I was looking. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was looking at not the word covering in its first mention, but the the time that God did it for Adam and Eve. When he covered them with the uh, 
animal when the animal yeah. uh, coats of coats of skin. Yes, that's what I was looking at. That's chapter and, three. Yes. Yes, it's chapter three. Um, in my in my brief notes on it, I wrote covering can only be provided by someone who has made a sacrifice of their life. Amen. Very good. Yes, someone who's not willing to lay their life down. If they've not had to do that in life, if they're not qualified to cover you, somebody that hasn't bled, someone who hasn't been stripped, someone who hasn't been humbled in life, they can't. They can't really cover you. And Amen. if they're not willing to lay their life down like the shepherd for a sheep, that's not someone who can cover you. A real covering is going to provide protection, accountability, authority. There will be a level of preparation in your covering relationship because at some point your covering is going to release you to other things. You're you're not covered to be hovered over indefinitely. Covering is for a season. Because the unveiling comes after covering, right? Yes, very good, yes. Unveiling, yes. Release. Exactly. So there's preparation, there's power, there's protection, there's accountability, and there's authority. Um, Covering cannot be given to those who do not submit to it and who do not stay under it. So there are conditions to be covered. A lot of people, I'm sorry. I'm going to write that down. (laughs) A lot of people say that they have a covering, but it's not someone that they submit to. It's not someone they say that they are accountable to. And it's not a cover that they stay under. You know, a lot of people run under a covering to hide from the repercussions of some other act rather than you know, like dwelling in the secret place of the Most High, abiding under the shadow of the Almighty. That's the kind of covering. Shelter, peace, protection, accountability, preparation. Amen. 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 Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, any other? Uh, thank you, uh, uh, Prophet Rosalind. You, uh, uh, the, the Holy Spirit, Amen. Really use you. It greatly use you, and um, much of you know, much of that is very eye-opening. Um, any comments, though? I try to stay on for an hour, but any any comments? And uh, while I'm saying this. Uh, Rosalind, if there's you know anything else you want to share, just just jump in. But comments, any last questions, comments, uh, anything anyone wants to say? Amen. Um, amen. Um, Shanky, have any comments? Uh, no, I don't. It was very informative, though, and I enjoyed it. Very and while, while I'm going around the round table, 
I'm going to be letting her have the last comments so she can begin to ask, you know, Holy Spirit, you know, what should I say? So, um, Pastor De- Deborah, um, any comments or questions or anything you want to say? You know, certainly glad to hear you. Pastor Deborah, you probably got that mute on. Yes, yes. Um, I'm sorry, Pastor. You said Prophetess Deborah. I, pa- I paused. I said, oh, there's another Deborah on the call. <laughs> well, well, well pa- Pastor Deborah. Pa- Pastor Deborah. Praise the Lord. I, and I, I receive I received Prophetess Deborah as well. Praise God. Um, I I'm, I guess like everybody, I was soaking it all in. Um, you know, when food is good, sometimes um, – Prophets rising, people chew and they don't they don't talk because <laughs> they've been eating that food, and the food was good tonight. So folks is just chewing. Don't 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 think it, it has no reflection whatsoever on the quality or the taste of the food. The food tastes good. Um, may I say you are the first person I have ever heard say that a covering is only for a season. You are the first. And I, I've been in a lot of churches over a lot of years since I was a little, little girl. First person I've ever heard say that, and to God be the glory, because that is so true. That is so true. There is, there is a time for an unveiling, and um, uh, it is only the wise that realize when that time is, and um, the ones who are strong of heart that are, are willing and ready to allow the unveiling to take place. So to God be the glory, and I, I, I really did enjoy it tonight. It was really wonderful. Thank you. Amen. I'm gonna, I'm gonna piggyback on what you just said. Because even though there may be seasonal coverings, the accountability never ends. You know, the way that the system of government is set up, we have a similar setup in the kingdom. And even though you may be unveiled, it doesn't. My grandmother used to say something. Um, you know, when we acted up too much. She would say something like, you're so free, you're fool. In other words, in your freedom, you're you're just being foolish. You're just running around doing whatever you can do. And that's not ever the purpose of the unveiling. It's a level of maturity that comes with that unveiling that brings you to that point. But at no point are we without a level of accountability. And, um, you know, so I believe that ministry... What, what, mm-hmm. what do you mean? What do you mean Add to that, please, uh, uh, Professor. Can you add to that? I know what you're saying, but add to that. Accountability. Need accountability. Um, which which aspect of it? Because there, there I mean. Accountability to what? Well, just accountability in terms of your ministry. Um, I'll, and I'll give this example. I don't know how much more time we have. I was a part of a ministry, music ministry, um, and the leader and his wife, there's no oversight over the group. And several people have mentioned, you know, being in the um, teaching part of the, of the rehearsal, that there were comments that were made that were directed to specific people that were incendiary and derogatory. And people knew that they were about them and towards them, but because this group has no oversight, you know, it's not a church, so you don't have a pastor. As a pastor provides oversight. So sometimes when people become independent in whatever their ministry endeavor is, they exclude that person that which make you know, do the checks and balances. 
and the people who serve with and under them don't have a recourse if they're in an abusive situation. That's not what it means to not have a covering. It means you always have relationships of accountability, always. When you come out and, you know, God launches you into your own ministry, it doesn't mean you're independent without someone to give an account to on some level because we all need to be checked. Human nature is just ugly. We need people to help us, and we need someone to tell us, you know, what God is saying, or just tell us some things about this personality and this flesh that needs to be brought under subjection. We're not perfect. We need help. And there's somebody who knows more and knows better than we do. So we can never, we're never that grown. <laughs> we may not need the tutors, but we still need a level of accountability. And we need to ask the Lord to keep those people in our lives. Amen. Amen. And so I, I, I use it. You know, I, I totally agree with you. I just use a different uh, word. And, okay. Uh, it's just, it's just. I call it alignment. Okay. Uh, you know, and I, to, I to, totally, totally uh, in, in agreement to you. I mean, there's, there's coming a time. Uh, there's coming a time the prophet Patricia is going to launch her own ministry. Mm-hmm. But yet she'll be a lot. She'll still be aligned. Right. You know, amen. Uh, Same. Uh, Eliza, any comments, questions? No, sir. All right. And Professor Patricia, any comments, questions, anything you want to say? Anything you want to release? I just, you know, I, I really feel the presence of the Holy Spirit on this line, um, Prophetess Rosalind. Um, so I just want to encourage you that, um, you know, his His grace is upon you for sure. Um, I thank you for releasing this um, word, and I thank you for um, just walking and operating in the office that he's called you to. And, um, and and maybe this is not the time, but I, you know, I just started making notes and just, I, I felt like the Lord was just speaking and speaking, but there's just a great grace that is coming to you. And I mean, there is a huge release and a more weighty, um, a more weighty prophetic anointing coming your way, and it's because of your alignment. I mean, I'm just excited about what I, I just. I'm, I'm excited. When I'm excited, I talk fast and I write fast, so I'm talking fast. So. <laughs> but but I praise God for um, what He's doing, and and um, He's definitely present on this line. So God bless you. Well, I thank God for what he's doing, too. And, um, you know, there there was a decision that I had to make about just some things in my life. You know, I, <laughs> I was talking to a brother who does not claim to be a prophet. He's definitely a pastor, but he was praying for me. And I'm sure other people have experienced this, too. He said during the prayer that, Basically, I came through an inferno and got stuck at a street corner. And it it made me laugh. It made me laugh because I was like, oh, my God, that literally is what happened. I mean, life burned up all around me, and I survived that by the grace of God. And then got to a curb where I needed to make a decision whether to walk or stand, and I couldn't make the decision. 
But I'm sure I'm not the only one that, that God is just pushing to move forward. And I had to make the decision that no matter what comes with it and no matter what has to be left behind because of it, I have to move forward. And there's only joy and fulfillment in moving forward in the things that God has called you to do. Amen. Amen. We we want to uh, just say, and we thank the Lord for the alignment um, that um, Prophetess Rosalind, who's uh, in uh, New York City, she calls it the city. (laughs) And uh, uh, she's uh, aligned now with uh, EMFI. Her ministry is the Marketplace uh, Ministries, and uh, we're excited about you know, what the Lord is going to uh, do. And uh, we welcome her to come. I think she's coming to Cleveland. And uh, because I think it's necessary for her to come here, as Prophet Patricia has said, that we uh, let hands pray for her, anoint her, and um, not have his way. But we just welcome you and uh, to Amify uh, and thank the Lord, amen, for you. And perhaps you need to come back and uh, do part two. Because God, is, God, is, God is with us. God is with us. Uh, I, I thank the Lord, amen, for you all. Amen. I appreciate you coming on the round table. Thank you for your sacrifice. Uh, believe, amen, that uh, it was very edifying. I'm very pleased. And Prophet's um, um, uh, Colony, you can have the last words and, and release us if whatever the Lord tells you to. <laughs> if you have any last words or comments to us. Um, Did we lose you? Okay. No, no, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. No, sir. I believe... That is all on my side. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, well, we thank the Lord for you, Pastor uh, Deborah Gray down there in North Carolina. It got um, me the glory. Um, yes, and uh, you know, she's just glad to have you. Thank you, uh, Eliza, for uh, being on the call. Elder Shank, Prophet Patricia, and of course, uh, Prophet Calder. Uh, we appreciate uh, you all, and. Uh, just going to ask Eliza, would you dismiss us in prayer, please? Amen. Our Father, which art in heaven, God, we thank you for your loving kindness and your tender mercy, God. We thank you for this call. We thank you for every word that came forth, God. We pray that we will receive it and apply it, God. We thank you for the teacher on tonight. We pray you continue to bless her. You continue to strengthen her. Continue to crown her head with wisdom. Continue to give her the boldness to speak the words. Hallelujah, that you would have her to give your people, God. We thank you for overseer Apostle Martin, God. Continue to bless him, strengthen him. Everyone on the call tonight, God, bless your people like only you can. Keep us like only you can. And God, when we dismiss from this line, but never your presence, God, we pray you continue to be with us, lead, God, and direct us. And God, and we would say yes to your will. And we thank you and we praise you. In the mighty name of Jesus, in Jesus' name, amen. 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 God bless you. Appreciate you all. Amen. Thank you. Have a blessed night.